This morning, we are talking about a slow leak with Pastor Brian Bill. (laughs) An embarrassing (laughs) slow leak. That's one of the most interesting intros I've ever heard you do, Deb. Yeah. (laughs) Segway from that, Ken. Oh, no. Not touching that one. (laughs) All right. So fill us in. But we are all paying rapt attention (laughs) right now. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, first, I have a sleep story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a pastor, every pastor... Uh, doesn't want to have people fall asleep when he's preaching, sure, right? Right. Because you take it personally. Yeah. And, and so I have four daughters, and we're as they're growing up, they know that I am bothered when somebody falls asleep in a sermon. Sure. And I'm like it's only, well, forty-five minutes. AJ, right? Fifty <laughs> minutes depends how long I go. Um, so one one year we went out to Williamsburg, and they have all these characters who act. And so Patrick Henry mm. was going to give this speech and our girls didn't want to go to it. Uh, and so I said, we have to go. This is historical. You know, this is the guy who said, give me liberty or give me death. And <laughs> right. sit in this theater. They're playing with their hair. I'm giving them dirty looks like, listen, this is really important. And then as soon as he started, I fell asleep. <laughs> They oh. never let me forget that. I was going to say, and that's never come up again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> a oh, man. Story. That is a great story. <laughs> yeah, so have you ever become aware of a problem and just put off taking care of it? <laughs> yeah, yes. all of us, right? Like, yes. which time? Yeah, no Well, kidding. several months ago, I noticed at the top of our water heater, we had some significant corrosion uh-huh. going on. I mean, it was bad. And I'd look at the problem like every week or so, but I'd ignore it because I'm like, well, I don't know how to fix it. It's going to be expensive and all of that. So uh, one time, one night, actually, I had visions of a burst water heater uh, that appeared in my dream. So now I'm dreaming about it. So I called a professional and I asked him to come and take a look at it. So I met him at the door and I wanted to explain what was going on because I'm also embarrassed by it. And so I said, hey, here's what's going on. I said, hey, can you promise to not laugh at me when you see it? And he said, no, I won't laugh. I see a bunch of things as a plumber. No problem. So we go downstairs. He turns his flashlight on. He looks at it. He's got this real stoic look on his face. And then he busts a gut. His shoulders are heaving. He's laughing so hard. He's wiping tears from his eyes. So after composing himself, he recommended a course of action to resolve the problem. And what he explained to me was that a slow leak over many years mm-hmm. had caused considerable corrosion and actually weakened the fitting. So listener, I wonder, do you have a slow leak going on in your life? Mm. Has sin been causing some corrosion in your soul? Mm. Have you been putting off what you know you need to do, but because you're afraid it will cost you something, maybe embarrassment, maybe maybe it'll cost you some money, maybe it'll cost you a friendship, you just put it off. Well, the word return in the Bible implies physical movement. It means to turn, to go back, do again, turn from evil by turning to the good. It was also used to refer of returning home. So here's what I wrote down, just thinking about what's happening in our country, what's, what's happening at Asbury. If we want God to send revival, we must either turn to him for the first time or return again if we've been experiencing a slow leak. I take us to Joel chapter 2, yet even now, declares the Lord, 
return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return. Do you hear his plea? Mm -hmm. Return to the Lord your God. And he tells us why we can count on his character. He's gracious. He's merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. The word yet tells us it's not too late to return. The idea is we're to do so immediately and without delay. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Or the urgency behind Acts 17, 30. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So the time to return to the Lord is always now. Not tomorrow, not later, but now. So even now, when things are falling apart, God longs for us to return to him. There's a similar appeal in Hosea 6.1. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. You see, ultimately, God's retribution is meant to be redemptive. Notice this appeal comes directly from the Lord. That's the name Yahweh, Jehovah, the self-existent, covenant-keeping God, the one who has pre-existence is also personally present with us. He's existed in eternity past, and he's present in the present. Revelation eleven seventeen. we give thanks to you, Lord, God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. So we're called to demonstrate five traits when we return to him. First, we're to return with our whole heart. Our return must begin internally as we're called to engage with our entire heart. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord, Lamentations 3. We're also told to do it with fasting. And the purpose of fasting is to deny the flesh, not just of food, but of all cravings. The idea behind fasting is to starve the junk out to spiritually detoxify so we can hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're also told to do it with weeping. When we come face to face with our transgressions, it should lead to tears of repentance. 2 Corinthians 7.10, for godly grief produces a repentance. And we're to do so with mourning. That's the word for wailing and lamenting and with a torn heart. The idea of rending our hearts means to tear or rip apart. It stands for grief, terror, horror. So in the Old Testament, people would actually rip their garments. Here, God's saying, make sure you tear your heart, Mm -hmm. that you're broken by it. So these outward acts initially were a demonstration of an inward reality. Uh, For many, over time, though, it had turned into meaningless ritual. Psalm 51, 17, God wants us to be broken and contrite. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God you will not despise. I think of John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. He often said, my grand point in preaching is to break the hard heart and to heal the broken one. Another pastor put it like this, the goal of preaching is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Hmm. And I hope both of these things happen every time I preach. Warren Wiersbe writes, the one thing that encourages us to repent and return to the Lord is the character of God. So right in this passage, we're urged to return for five reasons. They're all tied to his compassionate character. He's gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. 
As I've observed and celebrated the awakening at Asbury University and now on other colleges, college campuses, I've been challenged by a post from Trevin Wax. He calls it the burning question from Asbury isn't about Asbury. And listener, if you've not listened to Dr. Thrasher, who you guys had on the mm-hmm. radio, he was one of my profs at Moody as he spoke because he went down to Asbury mm-hmm. and just observed it. That's a fabulous interview. Mm. So Trevin Wax says the burning question from Asbury isn't about Asbury. It's about you. It's about your heart. It's about your longing. It's possible to say you want revival, but deep down to not want the discomfort God's presence might bring. It's possible to sing songs every Sunday asking for renewal while nursing grudges and bitterness you don't want to be delivered from. It's possible to enjoy division in the church, your theological tribalism, or the secret sins you harbor, or to take twisted comfort in your complacency. Whatever happens or doesn't happen at the Asbury Awakening and beyond, may we be marked by a living thirst for a knowledge of the living God and an irrepressible desire to see him at work in power, doing whatever he and he alone can do in us and through us. The thrill of orthodoxy results not in arms crossed, but arms uplifted. Mm -hmm. And so we sing with Fanny Crosby, the little old blind woman whose song still resounds, Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been a minute since I became an expert on water heaters, (laughs) but I never knew water heaters have something called a sacrificial anode rod in them. This rod is designed to sacrifice itself. The idea is that the contaminants attack the sacrificial anode instead of eating away at the water heater itself. Isn't it interesting? It's called a sacrificial rod. Mm -hmm. In a similar but much deeper way, Jesus has absorbed the corrosive qualities of our repugnant rebellion when the sins of the entire world were placed upon him as our sacrificial substitute on the cross. So, friend— Why wouldn't we return to the one who redeemed us? Admit any slow leaks you have going on. Jesus won't laugh at you, but he will rejoice that you've come home. We've been praying along with many churches, Psalm 85, verse 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Amen. That's for sure. And we all need personal revival. Yeah. You know, no matter where we're That's at. That's where it's got to start. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome.